Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On this episode of the Take It A Walk series, we go to the theater in Boston. Well, sort of. We're syncing up with Ann Sheehan, the Senior Director of Public Relations and Community Relations at Broadway in Boston. Ann is a longtime Bostonian with a passion for all that goes on in Boston, including the arts and the theater. And I can't wait to be taking a walk with Ann. Taking a walk with Buzz Knight. Now... Ann and I start the episode by taking a walk in the theater district. Hello, Ann Sheehan. Good morning, Buzz. Glad to be here with you today on an almost 60-degree day. (laughs) It's so cool. Uh, I love great walking cities. Where do you uh, like to walk when you're uh, in Boston or in the vicinity? Do you know, I feel like I've spent so much time on Washington Street growing up in the city. I grew up in Dorchester and... On the weekends, we would, my mother and I would come in every weekend and we would get off at Washington Street Station, hit Jordan Marsh for a muffin, walk all around up and down, do a little shopping. And as the years went on, I, I kept finding myself in this neighborhood. I, went to, I used to get the bus to Brighton every day to go to my high school, Mount St. Joseph Academy in Brighton. And as, you know, life continues, I decided to go to Suffolk University and spent four years running all around this part of town, you know, up and down the commons, up through Beacon Hill, you know, for four, for four really great years. And uh, during that time, you know, I was working for the Red Sox. Uh, I was a young woman uh, starting my career. I worked on the ground crew and the ticket office, so I would hop on the train at Park Street over to Fenway Park and spent nine years over there in various capacities and just the start of my career really was, you know, Fenway Park and the Red Sox were kind of the catalysts of all of that. So I've spent a lot of time around here. You were on the ground crew. I was. I worked for... How cool was that? It was amazing. I, um, my girlfriend was working there. Her brother, uh, my girlfriend Lynn, her brother Eddie was, um, you know, kind of one of the head ground crew guys over there. And 
she used to uh, clean the offices and she and I had known each other since we were like three or four, five, something like that, you know, as, as a lot of us city people do. Yeah. We all grew up together and we never leave each other in our neighborhoods and friends for life and uh, so she basically, you know, I said to her, I'd love to, I'd love to get a job over there and she got me a job and at the time her brother used to uh, work on the ground crew but he also used to drive Mrs. Yonke, who was the owner at the time, to and from games. And, uh, you know, it was, just a, it was just a great, great time in my life. And as we're walking, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, and we see a Boston Red Dogs uh, hot dog cart that's right. being wielded around here. It was sort of that's, serendipitous at I, that moment, by the way. That's right. And I'm a pescatarian, so those days are over for me. <laughs> I was thinking... Are those fresh? <laughs> yeah, well, that's always the question. My husband has a funny story. If he ever goes to a fair, he says, you have to go to the fair on the first two days because they don't change the grease. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Now, uh, I have a feeling uh, there's another person also who was a mutual friend who was on the, uh, the Taken a Walk series that uh, I think you probably know, John Tobin from Laugh Boston. I've known John for years, uh, many, many years. I, I think about when I get into this business and I met him, and uh, he's just done so well. And you know, we've had a working relationship with John through the years. Um, you know, as you know, he presents comedy, and uh, we worked with him uh, many years ago, but we continue to have a long standing relationship with John. Um, he's just, you know. He's a dynamo. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> but what's with the spirit of people who grew up in Boston? It's a uh, difficult place at times yes. to, uh, to live, right? I mean, I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, so Boston can be difficult, certainly, with the weather, uh, traffic, uh, blah, blah, blah. But what is it about the fabric of people from Boston? Explain this to me, or as Ricky Ricardo used to say, explain it to me. Explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that, you know, when we're in, you're growing up in neighborhoods, you know, you're growing up together. There's just so much, you know, hanging out, running around. You, you're, you know, going to grade school together. You're going to high school together. You know, there's just long-standing relationships here. Family friends, lifelong family friends. My mother knows your mother. You know, um, you know, and, and even when you do part, you're always still connected in some way. And I, I just think that there, you know, I love the spirit of Bostonians. I have lifelong friends that I've known for years and years and uh, I just feel like you know when you grow up in a neighborhood you know you, you go to church together you have Sunday dinners you go to the neighbor's house for Christmas Eve or whatever and I just think it's just uh, extremely extremely special I took a walk with uh, Greg Hill from WEEI radio mm -hmm. personality formerly mm -hmm. WAAF and, you know, as you know, Greg has the uh, Greg Hill Foundation that he has yep. where he does the great work. And Greg said something uh, that I think you'll agree with, which he said he believes the generosity of people from Boston um, exceeds anywhere that he can ever, you know, imagine. Uh, would you agree with that? I, would, I, I couldn't agree with it more. I mean, when there is, when people are in need, it's amazing, not just you know, a couple of people, how an entire community will rise to support that person, do everything and anything they can. I mean, I've known for just my own personal experiences, you know, I had a sister who was very ill, uh, you know, uh, 
the support that we got from the neighborhood and around the city was was unbelievable. I, I, you just you just couldn't believe everybody who came out. I mean, my sister had caretakers, twenty of her twenty women that were helping us care for us. My sister at the time, when she was very ill with cancer, and you know, it's just these are things that you just never forget. And 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 people all people rise up. They really rise to the occasion here. I really feel like there's you know there's no excuses. There's no excuses. It's you know, it's not if you're going to show up, it's when you're going to show up, you know? Um, so, yeah, I absolutely agree with Brett. There's so many people in this town doing such good work and are so generous. It's, it's, it's unreal. And what do you say to the outsiders that make fun of the Boston accents? <laughs> well, it depends on the day of the week, like everything. You know, some days people love the accent, and other days they do not. But it is who we are. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and we will never apologize. And the time I was laughing, I said I grew up in Stanford, Connecticut. Excuse me, sorry. But I was also laughing because many times people will say to me, well, I know you didn't grow up there, but you have that accent. Yeah. <laughs> I, do I? You, you know what? Not bad, not bad. <laughs> not bad. I remember years ago when I was younger, I, you know, I was a little self-conscious of it because everybody had a lot to say about it and or they couldn't understand what I was saying and I have a dear friend who's from Long Island and when we get together oh boy between the Boston accent and the Long Island accent it is it's something <laughs> I love it so how did you end up at Broadway in Boston you know it's it's something that you know when they say you just sometimes you just land you do you know I, I started to say that you know when I went to college I worked in sports for a long time and uh, you know, I was a young woman, and then the baseball strike of, I think it was 94, and so a lot of people lost their jobs, and it was so devastating, because I, I was a very young woman, and I was hoping to continue my career there, and, and all of that, and you know, life just hands you certain cards that you have to deal with. So uh, I moved on, and you know, from there I ended up working at a, um, a family uh, homeless shelter in East Boston, which was the best experience of my life, and I, to this day, still reflect, about, reflect on it all, you know, all the time. It was just such an incredible experience, and I met so many incredible people, and um, I spent about a year and a half there. And then, you know, I wanted to get back into the entertainment business, and so there was a job opening at Boston Ballet, and um, I applied, and it was audience development, and sure enough, I interviewed with this woman who would become my mentor, an extraordinary, extraordinary woman. Who was that? Her name was Regan Byrne, and she left the ballet, and she basically came over here to um, develop the Broadway and Boston brand. So... When she was doing this, she, you know, like anything, when you start, it's always very small in terms of staff. <laughs> so she was hiring just a few folks to come over and join the team, and she, she said, do you want to come over and do a little Broadway? And I said, yes, I do. And so we developed the brand. We, um, you know, uh, the gentleman who uh, hired us, at the time he had the lease on the Colonial and the Wilbur, and he owned the Charles Playhouse. His name is John Platt. He's one of the producers of Wicked, multiple time Tony Award winning producer, someone we're still very much in touch with, um, and someone I care about very deeply. And, uh, you know, we started our career here. Um, I went from 
you know, the hallow grounds of Fenway Park to this beautiful world. Um, it took some adjusting, I'm not going to lie. It took me a while to stop calling intermission halftime. <laughs> uh, so once we get past that, though, you know, it took us uh, several years to develop the brand. Um, and it was, it was the best time. I mean, to be on the ground floor or something uh, that is going to impact your city so big. And, you know, we just continue to grow and grow and grow. We grew our subscription program. We grew our group sales program. We grew our sponsorship program. We grew our relationships with the media. You know, and basically, you know, all of that had been outsourced. And we felt like we just didn't have that relationship with, one, the city, because these are touring productions. So, you know, in terms of Broadway and Boston shows, they're touring productions. They come in for a couple weeks, could be two weeks, could be nine weeks, depending on whatever. But we felt like we really needed to um, deepen and solidify our relationships with our audiences, with the media, our, our partners at the radio stations, all of that. So, and that's what we did. And it took some years. And um, I will say Broadway in Boston was the first uh, Broadway in across the country. And you can find them uh, pretty much everywhere, you know, under the Broadway Across Umbrella. Um, that's our parent company, Broadway Across America, rather. Uh, umbrella. So it's been it's been quite a journey, you know. It's been really quite a journey. And for a kid from Dorchester, you know, whose first show was Annie at the Schubert Theater, you know, it's it's it was unexpected, a pleasant, pleasant surprise. Uh, you know, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. When we think about the world that we live in, mm -hmm. and we think about uh, you know very difficult times uh, that we've been through and that we're we're going through, um, yeah. how important is the arts and the theater uh, to uh, Bostonians and everywhere else that, you know, places like, you know, Broadway and Boston are? Yeah, I mean, first of all, the city of Boston is such a vibrant, um, extraordinary arts um, community. I mean, whether it's Broadway, our neighbors next door at the Majestic, Colonial, the Wang, there's so much happening downtown. And it's all so critical to the health and growth and development of the city. It's important. Arts are, arts are basically people. It's about people. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, in terms of theater, what's so special about theater is it's a communal experience. And, um, you know, what we learned over the past two years is how passionate audiences are, how much they love theater and, uh, you know, they've just been such a source in terms of our, a source of, um, I don't know what the exact word is, but they've just been such a um, wonderful support for all of us in the industry. It was a tough time during the pandemic. Uh, we're fortunate we, we reopened in the fall and this house was sold out. 2,600 seats, you know, two weeks, and everybody came. They came, they were thrilled to be back. Yeah, I mean, the audiences here just love theater. And, you know, every year about 21 million or so, according to Arts Boston, 21 million people come down, you know, to see an arts and cultural show, you know, in the greater Boston area, which is, I want to say, four times more than all the sports teams together. So when we, when we talk about impact and, you know, personally, economically, socially, the arts are critical. The arts are critical, you know, so... Well, um, people like you who are the, you know, 
part of the wake that make the wheels turn, yeah. right? And you're on the ground all the time with it. Uh, you were such an important part of communicating that message out there, working with media partners, mm -hmm. uh, collaborating with your team, mm -hmm. and spreading the good word, not only of Broadway in Boston, but also just of Boston in general. Absolutely. I mean, we're standing outside the Boston Opera House, uh, which reopened its doors July 16, 2004, with a 32-week engagement. I'm sure you remember this. Yep. It turned this entire neighborhood around. It was, you know, it was an amazing, amazing uh, experience. And to have a kind of a front row seat in a small part uh, in that, you know, that lives in your heart. You know what I mean? And I think that's something when we talk about Bostonians. We're, I'll speak for myself, but I think, I think it applies. We're an emotional group, I think. I think we're so passionate, you know? Look at us with sports, I mean, and theater and all of that. I think we're extremely passionate. And, um, you know, our, we're just so proud to be Bostonians. And so I think all of this, why? Because our city is just filled with riches. And, and starting with the people. <laughs> starting with the people. And then we go to our, the arts and this sports and education and health and you know, we're blessed. Yeah, we really are. It's a special place, and uh, I'm just very grateful that with uh, taking a walk, I've gotten to reconnect with uh, old friends, but meet new friends like you and she, and so I really appreciate the time. Oh, I, I just thank you for getting me away from my desk and for taking a walk. Taking a Walk with Buzz Knight is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.